The all-new Toyota Highlander Hybrid is designed to go Highlander. What's go Highlander, you ask? It means amplifying your drive with best-in-class EPA-estimated 35 MPG combined, so you can keep on keeping on wherever the road takes you. Don't just go farther. Go Highlander in the all-new Toyota Highlander Hybrid. Toyota, let's go places. 2020 Highlander Hybrid all-wheel drive, 35 city, 35 highway, 35 combined MPG EPA estimates. Actual mileage will vary. 2020 Highlander Hybrid versus 2020 competitors based on data at www.fueleconomy.gov SF2 1820. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. Have you ever described a job you had as a nightmare? Maybe it was a crazy demanding boss, a nutty coworker, or just insane everything. If you've ever had a workplace where you had to say, you can't make this shit up on a daily basis, we want to hear about it. Anonymously, of course, on our new podcast, office horror stories each week we'll play back your calls read your stories and discuss the craziest most extreme and intense workplaces of all time but to do that we need your stories if you have a crazy workplace story in your past or maybe even present tell us about it anonymously just call toll free 1-833-HATE-JOB that's 833-HATE-JOB or write in your story on our website officehorrorstories.com we don't want your name we don't want the name of the workplace we just want your story so you can go ahead and let it all out anonymously call toll free 1-833-HATE-JOB that's 1-833-HATE-JOB or write in your story on our website officehorrorstories.com that's officehorrorstories.com now you have an outlet to to share the craziness that is or was your office. Then stay tuned as we launch the new podcast, Office Horror Stories, this fall. Tell us your story now at officehorrorstories.com. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, nothing can hold back spirits from moving room to room in an old hospital and some ghosts know no borders when it comes to haunting the living welcome to real ghost stories online call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com you are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Yep, it is. Our phone number is 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost stories with us right on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And be sure to get all of our bonus material. There are literally hundreds of bonus episodes packed with our best ghost stories ever. You get those at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash realghoststories. It's only $5 a month to become an extra podcast person. That's where you get all the bonus episodes, bonus material, advanced sale on tickets, all sorts of extra stuff. And it's like I said, it's only five bucks. That's what helps us support the show and keep it on the air. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. If you're already a supporter, thank you 
for that. We greatly appreciate it. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. And how are you this fine day? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What's your thought on hospitals as far as uh, creepiness factor? And I'm not talking abandoned hospitals that have been turned into high-class restaurants. I'm talking about uh, regular run-of-the-mill hospitals, like the type you know that the sick are in. I think they're full of creepy energy. Okay. As a child, did you ever go to hospitals as a child? Did you ever have like any family or anything you had to visit or any anyone in there? Not as a child. No. So did you did you ever visit it for any reason or other than, I mean, typically it's just if you're visiting a sick person there. But um, I, I'm just I'm asking for reference of how you felt about them when you were a kid. If you have any reference point of being in them. No, I, the closest thing to a hospital I ever went to as a kid was a nursing home, and we all know how I felt about that. So. That, that didn't go well. No, but I, I don't think I went to a hospital for any reason before the age of... Well, I take that back. I went when my brother was born. Mm-hmm. And so I was four. Okay. But I was there for such a short amount of time. And it was kind of a different part of the hospital. It was like the maternity area, you know, where it's all happy and stuff. Sure. Because babies are being born. And... um. So I, I didn't really develop any kind of creepy feelings about it till I was older. So nothing weird about it for you? No. Nope. Okay. No. I, um, I, I always enjoyed the hospital. <laughs> I enjoyed walking around. And, and I, I, I was never in the hospital until I was an adult. Um, but I remember like going and visiting, you know, like uh, I think my grandma was in there once. I'm trying to think. There was like an uncle or aunt, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Um it wasn't any when I was a kid. There wasn't anybody that was like about to die in the hospital that I can recall off the top of my head. But it was just like, oh, let's go visit and bring a card or whatnot. And I would always ask if I because they, you know, my parents would visit. I wanted to wander. Uh-huh. I just wanted to go around and look at things. So I did. I mean, I'd go find the cafeteria. It was like in a maze. It was this giant building that I could explore. Mm-hmm. So I, I have like, I never really thought anything creepy about it. So I actually have a lot of real positive, I don't know, memories of it. I do remember finding the chapel once and finding the chapel to be creepy. Yeah. Because it was, you know, usually in a hospital, they're kind of small. It's it's not a big room. It's just kind of a small area you can go to. Um and I remember that being because it was such a different feel than the rest of the the institution mm-hmm. feel of the hospital. All of a sudden, you're like this room is like almost stained glass looking stuff. It's dark and like, ooh, this is weird <laughs> uh, and unsettling. Um, but the rest of it, I found to be very, you know, I don't know, normal. I think I don't know if that's part of why, um, as an adult, uh, when when you look at uh, older abandoned hospitals that you know, are literally abandoned that people go in and take pictures of the rot and decay. If that's what makes them so much more creepy, because a lot of these places aren't, were abandoned not that super long ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of them that people explore, these were shut down in the late eighties and the nineties, early parts of the two thousands on some, even, even later on some, it's amazing how much nature can take back in the course of like five years. Um, but, you know, it's almost like the same creepiness of malls where you see some of those and then like a forest is growing in there and it looks like a Will Smith movie or something. You're like, holy shit. It's just because there's the memory of what once was and it's in our memory. It's not so much this distant thing and you're seeing the relics of, you know, a factory or something. Um, I don't know if that's what makes it creepier or what, but uh, I never really had the creepiness as a kid in a hospital. As an adult, do you feel creepy in a hospital? 
I do. I have to tell you the creepiest I've ever felt in a hospital uh-huh. was actually the old VA hospital in Wichita. Okay. When I worked in flooring in a different lifetime ago, um, my kind of mentor co-worker, Gene, and I had to go to the VA to measure a room because mm-hmm. they were going to put linoleum in it. And so when we met the, the maintenance head of maintenance guy, he took us through the tunnel underneath the hospital to cut from one end to the other. Okay. And this hospital was built late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah. And it was one of the creepiest places I've ever had to go for a job. Yeah. And it was just dark and damp and you hear squeaks, you know, they're mice or hopefully not rats, but it was, and of course this was all far away from where the patients would have been, Mm -hmm. but it was just, I was like, oh, I hope I never have to go back there again. Typically you don't see tunnels like that. Or if, if you do have a tunnel under a building, it's modern. It's right. And this was like, you could see the pipes and stuff and stonework. And it was like, oh, this is like. The part of Goonies that I didn't want to do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was just really, really creepy. There's one of those at um, the the Traverse City mm-hmm. State Hospital. We've seen pictures. They do tours up there. And we've had listeners that have sent in pictures because I believe all of those buildings on that campus are connected mm-hmm. by a tunnel. I'm assuming fairly similar to the one you were in yeah yeah and that's kind of what it reminded me of except it seemed like there was more like electrical and plumbing and stuff running through it wasn't just Mm -hmm. the stonework of getting from point a to point b the the whole point of us going through the tunnels was to not you know go through where all the patients were because that's a privacy thing so Mm -hmm. we went through that area and oh my god that was and and to top it all off I, i think that was the creepiest place i've ever had to go for work and i did have to go and measure for, um, do you remember when I had to go down to the place where they keep all the evidence for all the crimes? Yeah. And measure for that? Yeah. Yeah, this was this beat that. Being in there with all like the murder weapons <laughs> and things they found at crime scenes. No energy there. No. Yeah. So yeah. Something about the tunnels that is uh, creepy. I saw a YouTube video recently of uh, the Cincinnati subway, which never had happened. Okay. I mean, they, they were building it. Never became a thing. Why? But the tunnels exist. I think they ran out of money. And this uh, is around the turn of the century uh, that this thing was built. So you it's mean like to the 1900s. 1900s, yes. Oh, wow. yeah, I have to, yeah, you're right. We should have to, yeah. Um, but yeah, like 1910, 1920-ish mm-hmm. that these tunnels were built. And it was one of those, um, you know, urban explorer type things. And there's, there's slight signs around the city of where you can enter this thing. Um, very, you know, very grown over, very hidden now over, you know, a hundred years it's been, you know, it doesn't exist much, but the tunnels are still there. No train was ever in there, but the tunnels exist. That's awesome. And these, uh, explorers wandered around and, uh, you know, with a flashlight, it's really creepy. You can, there's like some areas where there was going to be a, there is a platform. There's some areas where the, the, the platform has been, mm-hmm. um, you know, bricked off, um, a lot of problems with the folks going in there that that shouldn't be there beyond explorers, but 
it exists. I, I, I just love seeing some of these things. There's some other really interesting videos out there of some of the New York City subway stations that are not in, in working order anymore. Yeah. That haven't been in working order for like 100 years. And, and can't you take a tour of those? I think some of them have it. Yeah. yeah I've always wanted to do that and go see because they're like the architecture is just unreal. And, and there's apparently some ways of doing it where if you know how the train line goes, um, there, there's a way of seeing some of them sometimes where it's like, don't get off on this, like the last stop, stay on it and the train will reset. And if you stick on the car, you're going to hit part of it and then you'll you'll just run through it quick. Mm -hmm. So some people know the ways to do it. And there's other areas where you the cars just don't go there at all anymore unless it's like utility. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some of the architecture and the glasswork mm -hmm. all underneath. The, I don't know. It's, it's very fascinating. Yeah. And there's something really, I don't know if it's Ghostbusters that makes it <laughs> even creepier or what. Could but, be. Um, but it is, uh, it's a neat one. So anyway, 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go over to our first letter. It says, across my life as well as across two countries, the U.S. and Canada, I or people in my family have had some minor run-ins with what I would like to think of as ghosts. I apologize for the fact I don't have one wildly interesting, cohesive story, but just a scattering of things. The first one I didn't personally experience, but my parents did. When I was four, we moved into an old house in Pennsylvania that had previously been a funeral home. I'm so happy I was too young to appreciate this. Although the house was mostly quiet, both of my parents experienced separate occurrences on our first day there. My mother at one point heard an older sounding man talking to what seemed like a young girl on the back staircase, but there was no one there. That night, my dad woke up to see a young girl walk past their bedroom door. As I said, I was four and my sister was six. As this was our first night in the new house and our rooms were upstairs, dad was worried that we would mistakenly turn the wrong way in the dark and fall down one of the two staircases. So he got up and followed the girl who he thought was one of us. He said she was very young in a white nightgown and he walked so close behind her, he could have reached out and touched her. He followed her all the way down the hall and into the bathroom, but when he flipped on the light, she was gone. He was so sure that she was real, he went and checked the adjacent rooms, thinking she was somehow gotten away from him. Dad being dad, he always found this to be amusing, but was not in the least disturbed, and we never had any more experiences there. A few years later, I was eight, we moved to Canada, about an hour outside of Vancouver, where dad worked as a farmhand in exchange for a trailer to live on the property. There have been several different farmhands over the years, and one had been run over in the driveway while working on his truck several years before. He had a wife and I believed a daughter at the time. The trailer was small, maybe 35 feet long. Dad slept on a fold-out couch in the living room. My sister was in the first room and I was in the back bedroom. One summer night, maybe around 10.30, not long after everyone else had fallen asleep, I heard the screen door open. Now, we never locked the door on the porch, but this thing was the loudest door on earth, I think. It screeched when it was opened and slammed shut as soon as it was let go. Dad, who was the was sort of a waking up if you tiptoed out and just stood quietly near his bed, was, of course, on the couch and the living room and porch were adjacent. So I waited for him to jump up. But no, 
Then I heard very distinct footsteps come plodding through the house. The sound made me think very much of work boots and like the person wasn't trying to be quiet, just walking through like they owned the place. I was entirely freaked out at this point, hardly even breathing, curled up under my covers. I listened as the footsteps walked from the porch to the mudroom, across the edge of the living room carpet, onto the hardwood kitchen floor and across. At the end of the kitchen was our refrigerator, to the right of where the hallway to the rooms began, and to the left was an old wooden stove. Dad had put foil on the side of the fridge to help reflect heat, and I heard it ripple as if someone was walking past. The footsteps stopped right at the entrance to my sister's room. And that was it. I heard the exact sequence repeat two more times across a few years that we lived there, I believe about once a year, always in the summer. After the first time, it didn't bother me, and in fact, I found it almost comforting. I had a sense it was the old farmhand coming in at night and checking in on his family as they slept. Here in North Carolina at my sister's house about 10 years later, several of us who lived there had either odd experiences or feelings. The back half of the house had burned down at some point in the past, and that half always just felt weird, like people were watching you. My sister used to hear the kitchen cupboards open and close at night, and her boyfriend laughed about it until he stayed over one night and heard it too. I never did. But one day, I was sitting in the living room, reading a Sylvia Brown book, until I got myself thoroughly creeped out. I won't say I necessarily believe she's for real or not, how do you ever really know, but I was still worked up. I went outside to the back porch, standing just outside the big living room window. The cordless phone was on its charger, sitting in the window still. And as I stood with my back to it, suddenly it turned on. I don't know how to describe it exactly. It was as if it was on speakerphone, a function it didn't have. But it was just a dial tone. After about 15 seconds, it turned itself off. I had had enough weird feelings about the house by then, so that did it for me. Though I did go in, pick up the phone and say hello. I have no idea what I was expecting, although there have been occasions as throughout my life when I have heard very soft voices coming from phones, even when they're hung up. But since I got no response, I grabbed my stuff and ran for the door where I stopped and said, look, I'm moving in two weeks. Could you please leave me alone until then? I never had another problem in the house, even when I moved back several years later. However, a month or so after moving, I talked to my sister and we found we had the same odd feelings in the same places in the house and our own, we'd taken our, our, we had taken to calling our roommate the ghost by virtually the same name. I called her Eleanor and she called her Ellen, while also having the sense that there was a man as well. We believed it was her husband. That we had never seen and had a similar mental image of what he looked like. A later roommate, also without prodding, claimed the same areas of the house bothered them. On a side note about Sylvia Brown, like I said earlier, I have no firm opinion, but it has always struck me as strange that anytime I see her on TV or read her books, things act up for me. She always makes my TV go on the fritz. Every time I've seen her, the reception will either go fuzzy or lose the channel entirely and those kind of things, along with, of course, the phone acting up after the book uh, got to me. Lastly, sorry this is getting long, I have what my family affectionately refers to as my bathroom ghost. Granted, I am notoriously absent-minded, but there are times things can't be all my fault, I don't think. She, I don't know if it's female, but that's what I've always thought, has a fondness for temporarily stealing my things, and she follows me even on vacation. 
My sister and I stayed with a friend for a few days in Canada, and upon leaving, I couldn't find my brush. All my stuff was kept in one backpack, so it's not like there was a lot of searching to be done. I went all through the house as this is a brush I've had since I was five and it's sentimental by now. Finally, we left, telling them to just hang on to it if they found it. We left and about an hour down the road, I reached in my backpack for something and there it was right in plain sight. This summer, I got sunburned and went hunting uh, for a bottle of aloe gel I was pretty sure it was under the bathroom sink. I live alone down in a small trailer, and the cabinet under the sink is maybe one and a half square feet, and not all that cram, plus this stuff is almost fluorescent green and hard to miss. I drug everything out, but I couldn't find it. A few weeks later, while getting out some liquid soap to refill the dispenser, there it was. I don't recall any times other stuff in other parts of the house has gone missing, but maybe a few times a year, random items, cough syrup, tweezers, etc., will disappear for a short period. Although somewhat annoying, it makes me laugh. I wondered if maybe she's what people call my guide and just likes to say hi from time to time. Well, I think that's finally about it. Any thoughts on the cross-country bathroom thieves or anything else? I I don't want to say that she's haunted, but I'm thinking that... She's haunted. <laughs> no, I'm thinking that um, she's sensitive and things find her. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be all different types of things depending on where she is. Because I, I don't say she's haunted because it seems like every location has a different spirit or a different type of spirit. Like I think the, the trailer on the farm in Canada was uh, a residual because she said it was every summer the same time the guy would come in and walk through the trailer and that was it. So it just, you know, I think it's just she's a magnet for whatever happens to be around. And that they know that she can mm-hmm. sense them. Yeah. Or, or or be attuned to what's going on. I think a lot of people, if they're not open to this subject and you have, for example, self-grooming things that are moved around or whatever it may be, aloe, mm-hmm. I think a lot of folks will just be like, ah, I misplaced it, whatever, done. And that's the end of the thought. But... After a while, a lot of these things keep happening, and, and she's going, wait a second, this is, doesn't make any sense. But I don't think, it's, it's almost like it's the whole thing that we, we say sometimes when there's obvious things going on in Yopal. That's two thoughts, where, where people just kind of completely miss it. Yeah. But it's like, wait a second, there's no logical explanation as to why the hell this would not be there, mm-hmm. and then suddenly it's there. This is not just you misplaced it, or you didn't see it. There's other shit going on. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how, I would guess, 8 out of 10 times or 9 out of 10 times, that's lost on the general uh, general public. Yeah. That it's just completely not seen. But that's something you and I always have go through our minds whenever we can't find something. It is, but more times than not, I, I can't ever say I've ever felt that it was um, paranormal. Yeah. I can almost always end up tracing it back to me or one of the short people who live in our house. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so they move stuff all the time. So it, you know, I, I've never had it where it's like there's no lot. I've never had the thing where she had it where it went through the whole cupboard and it wasn't there. And then the next day you go back and it's there. Right. That has never happened. Have you ever had anything like that? No, but I was kind of, you know, when when none of us are going to fess up as to why the pepperoni is missing, <laughs> you know, we go to make dinner last night and the pepperoni for the pizzas are gone. Yep. So 
you know, we've got two kids, and we're like, we didn't eat it, and neither one of us snack on pepperoni. Uh-huh. So it's like, great, we've got the pepperoni ghost. We do have dogs that know how to open the trash can. Yeah, but they can't open the fridge yet. Well, I wouldn't put it past them if one of them, like, gets the fridge open, and then the other one stands on the other's back and opens up the, the, the crisper drawer that the pepperoni is stored in, mm-hmm. and then they get it out, yeah. and it's, it's, a, yeah. it's like a circus act. They are like circus dogs. I had one the other day. I, I went out because at, at night they, they sleep in their kennels and I, I get up in the morning and open because I go out, <laughs> go out to get them uh, first thing in the morning and one of them's out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. And the the cat's out there too, but the cat doesn't have a kennel. The cat just free roams. And I'm like, did the cat? Are they teaming up? Are they? I think so because the cat has a fondness for Sting, yeah, but doesn't care that much for Bear. So they probably teamed up and decided let's let Bear out and let him get in trouble because he'll shit all over everything. I think it was something like that. There was some maniacal shit going on there mm-hmm. with the pets. So anyway, eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Next letter says, "Hey guys, really love the show. I think we would do a killer podcast together, telling ghost stories and naming Michael McDonald songs in the background." I called and left half of the following story, but the call cu- cut out, so I uh, wanted to write this in. I recently had gone back to school, and my wife had our first little girl, so I found a job cleaning the ER midnights at St. Thomas Hospital in Akron, Ohio. It's a famous hospital both for being the birthplace of Alcoholics Anonymous and for being haunted. I would occasionally have to clean the surgical suites in the basement next to the radiology down the hall from the morgue. Only I and the hospital police had a key for the surgical wing. I could see all the bays down the middle of the suite from the front door. It always creeped me out to clean them. Not because of the blood, but because of the strange noises, cold spots, and the occasional something out of the corner of my eye. When I had to clean a bag, I would turn all the lights on and radios on in each bay. I'd clean them and then turn off the lights and radios one by one. The day shift nurses hated lights and the radio was left on. I would turn around and make sure all the lights were off, but I heard nothing. I'd lock up and head back upstairs to the ER. One day, I got a note from my supervisor that I left a radio on, and if I did it again, I would be written up. The next time I had to clean the bay, I made extra sure that everything was turned off and dark before heading upstairs. Sure enough, I got a note saying I did it again. And after repeated happenings, got written up for it. I told my supervisor what happened, and he even said something to the effect of, it wasn't the first time it happened to somebody, but rules are rules. It wasn't a big deal, and I knew my lifelong career was not a janitor. Another bizarre thing that happened was often the radiologist on midnight shift would hang out in the ER upstairs because of how creepy it was downstairs and no one else was there. The elevator had recently begun opening and constantly closing once it was on the basement floor, but no one came downstairs with me. Once I locked up, I turned around and noticed a woman walking away from me towards radiology. I tried calling out for the radiology tech so she knew I was downstairs with her, but the woman ignored me and continued to walk around the corner into radiology. I followed her knowing that either she was going to walk into radiology or be cornered because the other direction that ended in the next day recovery suite that only the police had a key for. 
I watched the woman walk around the corner to the next day recovery, and when I turned the corner, no one was there. I thought she was dressed more for the period of the 20s when the hospital was also a concern, but because it was dark and she was a few steps ahead of me, I couldn't be sure. When I went back upstairs and told everybody what had happened, the radiology tech said that she had seen people down there also either working in the morgue or next day recovery, but could never find them. I left shortly after that, but I'll never forget all the creepy experiences at that hospital. I've got a ton more ghost stories for you. I come from a long line of ancestors sensitive to the paranormal and have even started down or stared down the devil himself. I love your show. Thank you so much for all you do. That would be so frustrating to keep getting in trouble for leaving the lights on when it's not you. It's something doing this after you've cleaned and locked up. Yeah. There, there's no way to uh, to fix that. No, that's a very that's very much a uh, a justice thing that would I think drive us nuts. Yeah, definitely. It's like no, I didn't do that. Was the worst when I was a kid mm-hmm. because there were so many times I would uh, I get blamed for something and I didn't do it and I didn't and there was no other brother or sister. There yeah. was a cat, <laughs> and and if it wasn't me. Well, it couldn't have been anybody else, apparently. Um, but there were so many. I, I remember. I don't know why this stands out to me, but I remember one time there was it was something involving a watermelon, I, and I don't know if it was like water. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it was. And it, this still is like it still irks me because I I still if I bring this to my mom today, she'll have no clue what the hell I'm talking about. But um, it was something of like watermelon seeds in a bowl. It was something involving watermelon seeds. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but I know I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And and I was being accused of it. And I swear to God, this argument went on for a good hour and a half of like, no, that, and I'm, I'm like arguing my case. It, yeah. was, it was I was very commonly told you should be a, a lawyer when you grow up <laughs> because I wouldn't give up. I mean, I would not stop arguing until I was understood or heard or especially if I knew I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't argue if I knew I was wrong. Um, but I, I remember this just like going on and on. And to this day, I don't know what the hell it was. If it was like my dad spit the seeds in this bowl and didn't rinse it or or what the hell it was. Or the cat suddenly had an affinity for watermelon. I don't know. But I remember just being very irked and still, you know, 30 years later, slightly irked by it. <laughs> I don't like being accused of shit I didn't do. Yeah. I know. So that would I would go nuts if I was the guy in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about watermelon a little bit more? No, I'm good. <laughs> I don't even like watermelon. I like what? What do you think? What about seedless watermelon? What's your thoughts on the seedless? It doesn't matter. It's the texture of the yeah. melon that I can't handle. I don't think they're as flavorful. I don't care. I like watermelon flavored candy or mm-hmm. whatever, but I don't like the texture of watermelon so i won't eat it seedless or not okay what about cantaloupes and muskmelon no no melons I different can't. but it's different very different texture what like watermelon's like a spongy type or, or just you know it, it disintegrates no muskmelon and, and cantaloupe you gotta, gotta chew a little bit a little more chunky no no i i i'm not a melon eater i don't like melon not in the melon family Mm-mm. you're anti-melon yeah i am okay what about john melon camp are you a he's fan okay. of yeah he's okay which song? I don't know. Name one. Three, uh, two, one. No, name one. you name one. <laughs> Little uh, Pink Houses. Okay. Jack and Diane. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
They're fine. Okay. I always get him and Springsteen confused, and I know that's going to upset a lot of our listeners. A lot of people are like, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> Seriously? That's just me. <sighs> Jenny at realghoststoriesonline.com for your... No, I don't want any hate mail. <laughs> Let's go to a caller. Hi. What's up, guys? Um, so I'm driving right now. Hopefully you can uh, you can hear my voice. But yeah, uh, yeah, I've always been somewhat sensitive um, to the paranormal. I feel like um, you know I have a, a in the family we have a, a medium, and um, you know she's extremely sensitive. She was a young girl, and I've had similar experiences with her in the same area. So you know I feel like I've kind of confirmed it in my own mind. Uh, but, uh, but ever since I was a kid, things have kind of happened and, um, nothing extremely spooky, although there have been times that I've gone searching for it with friends. Uh, we got really into it at a younger age, you know, as all kids do, do some weird, crazy stuff. Um, but anyway, I wanted to talk about some of the experiences I had as a kid in the home I grew up in, um, here in South Jersey and, um, my parents still live there to this day, uh, but and I don't remember what age. Maybe 12 years old was the first experience I had. It was uh, late, middle of the night, thunderstorm rolling through. Of course, I woke up when the power went out, and the reason is because I, you know, to actually still at this age of uh, 33, I, I have to sleep with a fan on just because that white noise, and I get used to it. But you know, when I was 12, fan was on. When I went to bed. Um, Power goes out, fan cuts off, naturally wake right up. And uh, now it's getting real hot, middle of the summer. The air conditioning's clearly not working because the power's out. So I open the windows and I'm trying to cool off. I have the covers off me at this point. Sweating still. And uh, and then the cat, next door neighbor's cat, starts making these god-awful noises. Uh, I mean, I, you've heard cat cats quote-unquote sing if you want to call it singing um but it was terrifying to me at 12 years old so i did what any 12 year old kid would do and they're scared and threw my head right under the covers um for as long as i possibly could until i started sweating and feeling really uncomfortable because again it was middle of the summer with no air conditioning so i take the covers off and i was facing my bed was up against the wall and um you know the other side away from the wall would be facing the middle of the room and that's the way I was facing when I took the covers off when I did there was a face right in front of mine and I mean within a foot and it was a smiling face um when I looked back on it the next day and, and, and I explained it I it, it's more of like a like a maybe Chinese Japanese Asian type looking face uh, again, smiling at me. Um, they didn't move, just staring. And I mean, I couldn't have stared at it for longer than a few seconds before I freaked out, put the covers right back over my head and just froze underneath the covers. And I did not, I didn't care how much I sweat at that point. Uh, I, I felt like I was under there for ages. And when I finally gained enough courage to take the covers off again, my silk from over my face, there was nothing there. Um, that was one experience. Another experience was I got home, and this was maybe a couple of years later, got home from school. At this point, both my parents were working, so I was alone. Uh, and I was upstairs on the computer, and um, I heard a crash, like glass breaking. Didn't, nobody was home. Again, I was alone. Uh, so I went in my room, 
which is across from the computer room, grabbed the baseball bat, <laughs> you know, I, whatever, didn't know what I was going to come across, went downstairs, looked all around, basement, looked all around, getting ready to swing this bat at something, couldn't find anything, still alone in the house. Went back upstairs, baseball bat in the room, had to use the bathroom, went in the bathroom, and there I see the candle holder that is sitting on the top portion of the toilet was now on the floor completely smashed. And in its place was the tissue box that was sitting next to it originally, moved over and crushed as if a hand had grabbed it and crushed it and slid it across and knocked the candle holder off the toilet. So that was great to explain to my parents. Of course, you know, hey, a ghost broke your, your candle holder, not me. Uh, so, I, you know, up to this point, they still didn't believe me. And the last experience I had was, was um, so it was my room, in the middle of my room, and my sister's room was the bathroom. So my room, the bathroom, my sister's room. And I was taking a shower, uh, and the shower is up against the wall that is adjacent to my sister's room. And I'm in there, and, and every now and then, you know, we were younger, we would knock on the wall, she was in her room, she would knock on the wall, we'd knock back and forth, it was, it was a fun game. Like, well, I'm taking a shower, and there's a knock on the wall. Like, all right, it's my sister playing the game, so I knock back, it knocks back again, I knock again, and then it wasn't a knock. The third time was not a knock, it was a bang that scared the crap out of me. So I get out of the shower. And I'm about to go around the corner into my sister's room and, you know, yell at her for scaring the crowd. Like, what, you know, come on. Used to playing knock, knock back and forth. But, you know, what, what the hell was that? And the room's dark and no one's in there. So I run in, get dressed real quick and, and run downstairs. And, you know, where's, where's, ask my parents where my sister is. And, well, she's not home. She's out with her friends. Scared the crap out. Um... The last thing I'll mention is, is uh, I got a camera for Christmas right around all the time all this was happening, and I was playing with it, taking pictures, and I had taken a picture of that same bathroom, just randomly, again, just taking pictures. And when I looked at it later on the computer, there was a face, the same face that was smiling at me that one night, in the wall, uh, in the back wall of the bathroom. I showed it to other people. They saw it, confirmed it. I even played around with it, special effects to try and make the face pop more, and it sure did. And it was the same Asian descent looking face uh, in that picture. And, and I showed my parents, and again, they were skeptical, but you know, the interesting thing that they said was, hey, you know, before we moved into this house back in the early 80s, there were three different Asian families living in the house. It was a three story home, basement, main level. And, uh, and top level and there were three different families living one on each floor they were all of Asian descent I don't know if they were Chinese or Japanese I'm not sure um, but uh, I remember getting pieces of mail early on in life with their names on it uh, but uh, I, I thought she just got the wrong address but yeah that's what I found out so I don't know if it's related or Someone died in the house, not sure, still to this day I've been able to tell, but I know my parents now say there are some weird things that happen, you know, bumps, creaks, noises, stuff like that, uh, but nothing crazy or drastic. So anyway, I have other stories, um, 
unrelated to this, maybe a separate call for you guys later on. But uh, there you go. I think it has to be related. I think that's too much of a coincidence for it to not be related. Have you ever had any unexplained knocking or anything that uh, you've experienced or heard? Or Yeah, when I was a kid one night, I would hear scratching. It was like in my wall, so I just assumed like a field mouse or something had gotten in the wall because we lived out in the country. Mm-hmm. But then one night I heard... Uh, the distinct sound of the keys on my keyboard, my computer keyboard, being pressed. Mm-hmm. Like something was p- typing at my keyboard. Or it could have been a large mouse walking on my <laughs> keyboard. Either way, I did not turn the light on and I just went, you know, and left that alone. Okay, logically looking back at it, do you think you had a rodent problem or do you think it was a ghost problem? What 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 is your mind tell you well i didn't have a lot of other ghostly experiences in that house Mm -hmm. there was a lot of negative energy in that house sure and there was a ton of antique stuff in that house so it could have been a ghost or it could have been a mouse but i don't know how it would have gotten into my room and on my keyboard because i never saw any sign of having it inside the house Mm -hmm. that's a there was a distinct sound the keyboard tapping Today it's pretty quiet. On most, we were talking about it the other day. Right. This is a 1995-ish keyboard. Yeah, you heard it. Mm-hmm. It's a step, you know, below the sound of a typewriter. Yeah. You know, it's very distinct, and uh, it's eerie when you're, there's nobody there mm-hmm. to be hearing those keys going up and down. I've never experienced that. I, I've heard stories like that about the the first radio station I worked in. There was a lot of stories of people in there in morning shifts where they would be walking through the sales area. No one else is there yet, but they would hear that. They would hear the keyboards being mm-hmm. typed upon and for multiple people. Yeah. So that's just a, yeah. yeah, there you go. I had knocking once. I think I've told this story mm-hmm. uh, where it's like, it was the three knocks. And, and then I, I look back on it. There's no tree. There was no way. I don't know what the hell it was. Mice don't make that sound. No. So that was it. One time. That was the only thing. I don't know. And then I had the dead cat that kept showing up and, Going mm-hmm. in my bed after that. It was, I, 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 you know, chronologically, I can't honestly tell you if it was before the cat died or after the cat died. But I guess if I were to look back at that house, the only times I had paranormal things happen would have been in that room. Yeah. And it was always at night and sleeping. And wasn't there a house though there before that house? Yeah. Burned maybe, down. Maybe it has something to do with that. Car crashed into it. Maybe it has something to do with that. I have no idea if the person died. You something to look into. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Go find some microfilm at the library <laughs> next time go. we're there. And uh, I don't know. I that's I never I, as to why I never looked into that. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. I probably never had much else happen. So I never really had. I, I don't look back on that house as going. Oh, that was a haunted house. Um, no, I don't think it's haunted. No, but it makes you wonder. I, I think anything potentially can have a haunting, but I think it can come and go. I, I classify a haunted house as something where it's like, it's ongoing mm-hmm. and it never, it, like it's taken resident there. I never really felt like that uh, there. 
Uh, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, sign up, become an extra podcast person. EPP, ghostpodcast.com is where you do that, or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Greatly appreciate your support on that. It's only $5 a month in an exchange. Bonus episodes every single week and access to our huge archive of bonus episodes and advanced episodes. Ghostpodcast.com, patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. It's the game everyone's talking about. Shim Sham, a laugh-out-loud adventure for you and your... Cockroaches. Part board game, part dance-off, Shim Sham is loads of fun for... Cockroaches. ...of all ages. Just spin the wheel, strike your pose, and get ready for a... Scurrying cockroach. Don't let roaches ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more. The all-new Toyota Highlander is designed to go Highlander. What's go Highlander, you ask? It means amplifying your comfort with available premium leather interior and ventilated seats. And amplifying your groove with an available booming 11-speaker JBL audio system. Or even amplifying your crew with roomy seating for up to eight. Don't just go. Go Highlander in the all-new Toyota Highlander. Toyota, let's go places. JBL is a registered trademark of Harman International Industries, Incorporated. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile, you're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. <laughs>